Hello and welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. My name is Rob Wong and today we're covering off on sparking hope and inspiration. Given the times, uh, I I first want to say that I, I think that the way I've approached these podcasts in the past is that like I, I've looked for the best way to phrase things. I look for a way to say things so that it look really smart and polished. And I'm going to try to take on this podcast so that it's a little less refined and more off the cuff. And I, I imagine that this is going to be kind of a struggle. It might be a little more rambly than the rest. So I hope you'll forgive me for exchanging what I think it should look like for what might be more authentic and genuine and in the moment. So I, I with, with with things going the way that they're going, I've I've been discovering that hmm, that the nature of of my empowerment, how how I feel day to day, is is so transient. It's it's so temporary. Um. One day I will feel amazing, empowered, and inspired by what I can be doing from just my just quarantine, right? Um, and the next, complete loss of power. Um, feel like crap. Don't want to do anything. I'll be on YouTube wasting time. And it kind of reminded me of of just how elusive that feeling of inspiration can be, particularly particularly in times like this. So I wanted to dedicate an entire podcast to generating that feeling whenever you want to. But but first, I, I want to clear up what I think is kind of like a, a, a dangerous misconception about inspiration. And, and I think that I think that the way that inspiration comes across when we see it on in movies is that or, or when we hear about someone's amazing life story is that there will be a moment in time where something happens someone will read a book someone will say the perfect thing or they'll watch a movie or something will happen and and right after that moment that person is left with a transformation, right? They're, they're a different person from that point on. Someone has lit a fire under their arse. <laughs> and, um, and from that moment forward, they're unstoppable. They completely change who they are. And, and I think that that's a lovely way to view life. I think that's a beautiful, poetic way to describe how things might have transpired, to have one instant in time where where everything changed, and and now I'm this new person, and I don't have to worry about the old me. I'm just naturally this different person, and I think silently there's this understanding that once once I am properly inspired, right? Once I get the real inspiration, it'll never leave. I will be so different 
And I'll never have to look back and be inspired again. I'll never have to be defeated and disempowered because this is the new me. Like I'll I'll do the workout montage, you know. I'll I'll get a makeover, <laughs> and there, there'll be a scene where I'm typing furiously at a keyboard, and then it's like fat stacks of money and vacations whenever I want it. And I won't have to I won't have to feel bad again. And I don't know if that's how it goes for you, but certainly that's how it went in my own head for a very long time. And, you know, I'd, I'd have moments where it's like, yes, this is the thing that I have to do. I want to do this. And then, and usually it was around starting a, a business, right? And, but then I'd bump into a moment where I ended up feeling like, hey, I, I failed. I really effed this up. And I don't want to try anymore. And I'd, I'd always take that as a sign that, like, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe I wasn't proper inspired this time. And so clearly this isn't what I'm passionate about. Because if I were passionate about this, I would just push through. And I think that that's such a, it's a damaging myth. It's a story about how inspiration works. Because... From what I've seen, being around peak performers now as part of my career, people who earn $500,000 a year, people who earn millions a year, people who don't have to really work, who've set up their lives to be a passive source of income, the people that I would view as success cases when it comes to at least money and career success, they get just as disempowered as all the rest of us. And seeing that, I'm really left with how that one aha inspiration point really doesn't exist. There will be a point in time that we can point to and say, yeah, this is when things started to change. But I don't think that that's where all of the negativity falls away. That's where it starts, <laughs> but but it's only part of the story. Um, there's this concept in, in Japanese culture called Kaizen, um, and it points to how all big change, it, you, you never have the ability to look back and see like, hey, everything happened right here. I tripped on this tree stump, I fell, I banged my head into a, a moldy apple, and from then on, I decided I wouldn't eat fruit because it was terrible for me, and that has defined me as the vegetable baron of the West Coast. Like, like <laughs> it makes for a better story, but it's not real. Uh, what actually causes large change, sweeping transformative change is is a series of small decisions. It's always small decisions leading to small actions which lead to bigger results. So, now that that myth is out of the way, I, I hope I hope that makes some sense to you because it's, I, I get that it's kind of rambly and flowy, but maybe maybe the core of that idea is that big transformation almost never comes from like a big aha moment. Um, and this is a principle that's been adopted by many, many large, like global corporate 
I was going to say corporations. That's not a real word. Corporate entities, corporations, organizations, right? Um, places like Toyota and Honda and Ford. Uh, that's how they operate. And and I hope that lends some credibility to this idea, because because when we look at inspiration like it's supposed to last forever, then that also opens up the door for us to start beating ourselves up when we're not inspired all the time. And that's kind of the biggest obstacle to being empowered, is having that expectation that I will never be disempowered again. And believe me, I'm, I'm guilty of that. That happens to me constantly, right? Like I should be doing better. So with that out of the way, how then do we begin tackling the inspiration problem? Well, I would argue that the first step is grounding. As always, we want to get your body out of fight or flight. When we're activated, we don't have access to the highest functioning parts of our brain, the parts of us that are responsible for planning and logic. And that's what that's kind of the machinery that we need to get out of this situation. So we want our body to begin to power down our sympathetic nervous systems and switch over to our prefrontal cortex so that we can begin to do some work. Now, however you begin to approach this, usually the secret here is some kind of physical exertion, right? If you're with a coach, they can walk you through a few grounding exercises. It takes probably only about five or 10 minutes, maybe 15 if you're super, super charged up. But if you don't have access to a coach, I recommend just going for a run. Go for a really long run. Do something that forces you to inhabit the here and now and be really, really present inside of your body. If you have a meditation practice, go do that. If you do yoga, go do that. If you run, go do that. Anything that would have you stop focusing on anything besides the present. You have to be here. Now that doesn't mean that you go and watch a movie or play a video game or go on YouTube. Avoid any kind of dissociative behavior. And what I mean by that is um, anything where you don't, where you can pretend to be someone else or someplace different. Reading a book is an example of dissociating. And there's nothing really wrong with it, but if you want to get rid of the emotional charge, it's much, much faster to do something that will get you embodied in your own experience. From there, it becomes, what's the lie that I'm telling myself? What's the story that I've made up about this situation? That if someone were to out, someone outside were to objectively come over and let me know what's up, um, they would be like, nope, you made that up. That's not necessarily true. And I, I want you to pick like maybe the most critical person that you can think of, like the Simon Cowell. Is there is there a modern version of that where I don't have to date myself? Like <laughs> whoever that person is, find that Gordon Ramsay. Pick Gordon Ramsay, right? If Gordon Ramsay were to come over to you, look at what happened when you had the last breakdown, and you were like, Gordon, my business partner betrayed me, and you know, like this person lied to me, and they're being such an asshole to me, and such and such and such. And then he were to look at all the facts and like go through all of the data of what happened. What would he? What would he say to you? Like, where would you be able to identify the lie that you're telling yourself? 
Now, I want to be real clear here. I don't want to say that the, 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 I want to distinguish this terminology, the lie, from any kind of morality, right? So, in the instance of, for instance, me getting into a fight or an argument with my mom, right? I might say that she was being real condescending and she said a bunch of stuff that hurt my feelings. And the lie that I'm telling myself here might simply be that I'm the victim, right? I'm fighting to be the person that's the most hurt in this situation. And when I do that, I've just thrown all my power out the windows. Like, how could I possibly do anything to fix this situation if I'm a victim? I'm just a victim, you know? Like, go get someone else to do it for you. And, unfortunately, when it comes to stuff like dating, when it comes to stuff like career, we're the only, we're the only person who can do something about it, right? Like, like no one else is going to be more motivated to do it than us. And so when we fall into victimhood, when we fall outside of taking responsibility for the state of affairs in our own lives, uh, that really gets in the way of us being successful. It doesn't matter what the pursuit is. And if you look at it from the outside, it's like patently absurd, right? That I would try to blame anyone but me for the circumstances of my own life. It's just irresponsible. And most people go their entire lives being irresponsible. It's not the end of the world. It's entirely possible to survive that way. It just kind of sucks, <laughs> right? Because if I'm not being responsible, I then have to be at the whims of whoever I interact with. My mood, my power, my direction is entirely determined by other people. That's just not a cool place to be. I don't personally enjoy but once I find something that I can be responsible for and I own it, right? I talk to some people and I own it. Then the next step for me is to find my inspiration because I have a clearing. Now I have, I have the space and the ability to make something new happen. I'm not bogged down by what happened. I'm ready to move on. So if you have any lingering emotion at this point, then there's room for you to go back and be more responsible. Really look to see where you're being the victim here. And try not to make being the victim a bad thing. We all do this. We all fall into that trap. So from there, I begin to look. And and I, I want to take something that I'm getting from Extreme Ownership, um, the book that I'm currently reading. When did I stop believing in the mission? Right? If you look at your life as, as a series of objectives, right? you've got your mission that you need to carry out and you're, you're hell-bent on doing this, right? and your mission might be that you want to buy a house and retire by 30. Your mission might be that you want to get married and have kids within the next two years. Your mission might be that you want to turn your side hustle into your primary source of income and you want to do it in the next nine months. When did you lose sight of why you're inspired by your mission? And then go back and find your why. Really look for it. 
Don't look for the right reason. Don't look for the reason why society would think it's cool, the reason that would help you look the best. I want you to look for the reason that has you feel an emotional response, like a strong response. If you aren't moved to tears by what you're up to, then consider that that's the reason why you're not inspired. You just lost the mission. And again, don't take this like an attack. Don't take this like, like you're doing something wrong. We all fall into this pit. And it's the fact that we're in the pit that the inspiration isn't there. So you might be interested, right, in having kids in, in a year or two. But that by itself isn't inspiring. Having kids isn't necessarily inspiring to everyone. We have to look for what's there for you. If you were to have kids, what would that allow you to do? And for me, it's, it's the idea of giving, giving an intelligence, a, a life that I helped create every possible advantage to have a beautiful existence. That's what inspires me about being a parent. Granted, I'm not there, but if I were to look, like that's the reason why I want to have a kid. I want to be able to give someone the experience of everything that they could have ever wanted and more. Now, that doesn't have to be your reason. Your reason might look completely different. It might look exactly the same. Well, you want to find the thing that you create that moves you. And once you have your mission, it's really important that you begin to look at you as well. A lot of times when we lose inspiration, it's a function of me not being inspired by me. Where am I treating myself like I don't I don't effing matter, right? Where in my life am I behaving like I don't give two shoots about what happens to me? Where have I neglected self-care? Where have I started talking to myself like a like a criminal? like someone who has done some heinous things in the past, right? What, what, where have I begun to act and treat myself like I don't deserve to win or succeed or to be happy or to even, or even be the recipient of like kind things? Like, am I, am I talking myself out of taking on acknowledgement from other people? Really look, what's the pattern here? How does this show up for me? Am I operating like I am not an inspiration to myself? And if that's the case, really take the time to address it. What is holding me back from doing that? And examine that pattern. At this point, I'd highly recommend that you find a professional to talk to about it. Um, these kinds of things are insidious. They're hard to get to on your own. Um, the brain is a very complicated and potentially endless maze. It's easy to get lost in loops of thought. 
It really helps to have someone who's not on the inside who can just kind of call out questions to help guide you in the direction that you would be the most productive that would allow you to get to an answer in a very short amount of time. And once you're solid there, it's up to you to look for reasons why you're an inspiration to yourself. Look back, find a moment where you had that one golden instant of success where you were proud of yourself. You were moved by who you were. And go back through the details. How were you dressed? Who was around you? Where were you? And what happened? And play it out. Really get that this is who you are. Go scene by scene and look. Witness who you are in the world and what you stand for. And know that you're probably going to forget that from time to time. I said this a lot, but this happens to all of us. You don't have to hang on to that feeling forever. But it is really important that you stop and take the time to get back there. So that's it for today. Appreciate you tuning in and being here. And we'll catch you <laughs> in the next podcast. Thursday, 8 a.m. Peace.